welcome back to the podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. I'm so glad you're here. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful God sent His Son. It's uh, it's a new week. Today is March second, twenty twenty one, and we have a couple things to talk about first. But before I get there, I keep on forgetting to, to say this because I'm more concerned about the information than anything else. Some people were asking me about donating. I keep forgetting to tell you guys this, but if you want to donate. You go to my website, pursuitoftruth.info, and you scroll all the way down to the bottom, and it has a button for uh, two buttons for PayPal. One button you can make a one-time donation, and then the second button says subscribe, and that is for monthly donations. If you want to go ahead and make a monthly donation, uh, so I actually really appreciate you guys uh, giving me the chance and donating. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this, to this episode. So, we got ele- episode eleven here. And uh, like I said, you got, you got to put on 11 masks, okay? You got to wear 11 masks now. So first thing we're going to get into is Facebook losing a lawsuit over privacy. So as you guys know, social media, big tech, the things they do are just, they do a lot of underhanded things to gain control of our data, our biometric data and things like that. So Facebook actually lost a lawsuit in the state of Illinois. And they had to pay out the citizens of Illinois at least $345 a piece. The users of Facebook in Illinois uh, were getting paid that mo- that money because Facebook used their facial recognition. Facebook used fa- facial recognition devices on them without their consent. So I have an article here from the IB Times. And it says, federal judge allows Facebook privacy to pay $650 million settlement after privacy lawsuit says, a federal judge has approved the $650 million settlement for Facebook to pay users in Illinois whose images from photo, face tagging, and other biometric data were used by the company without their permission. The settlement in this class action lawsuit was approved by the United States District Court Judge James Donato on Friday, AP News reports. The settlement is expected to be disputed to around 1.6 million Facebook users who submitted claims. A total of about 6.9 Facebook 6.9 million Facebook users in Illinois were affected by the privacy violation, the Chicago Tribune reports. However, only 22% of those eligible filed claim forms before the November 23rd deadline. Donato noted his ruling marked one of the biggest settlements over privacy violation. It will put at least $345 into the hands of every cla- every class member interested in being compensated. So, pretty much, the, there you have Facebook going around and using their using their facial recognition uh, devices without people's permission. I think Twitter and Instagram do the same exact thing. They just they just haven't been caught yet. So I know people just love to put their photos and things on social media, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, when you put something on social media, you don't own that content. It's ridiculous how some people will get mad about people screenshotting their stuff or things like that it's like you don't own the content anyway you put it on facebook or you put it on instagram or twitter you don't own that content it belongs to the it belongs to the uh the platform which you posted it on go ahead and read your terms of service and tell me if i'm wrong and also speaking of social media social media cannot catch a break because we know last week that they were feuding with australia and australia went and got india and decided to go to war with facebook and it's not the end of it the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, goes to war against big tech, citing censorship of Donald Trump and conservatives. My article here is from the New York, the New York Post. It goes on and says, 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis launched an offensive against Big Tech on Tuesday, warning that the social media platforms are targeting politicians like former President Donald Trump now, but will soon be coming for regular American citizens, vowing to combat the threat. He says, quote, Today they may come after someone who looks like me. Tomorrow they may come after someone who looks like you. The governor said he intends to protect privacy from the oligarchs in Silicon Valley. Google, Facebook, and Twitter because the platforms have changed from neutral platforms to enforcers of preferred narratives. And I personally would agree with that. I have no problem with Facebook, Twitter being opinionated. I have no problem with that. But my problem comes in the form of them saying that they're neutral politically and censoring one side of the aisle. It really is ridiculous. Like, if, if at one point, if you were talking about the election, if you had a, you felt, if you felt a certain way about the election, they would censor you and ban you and block you. So, it's just dangerous that we would censor one side of the political aisle because I'm going to name a couple other countries in history that were one-party countries, and America is pretty much a, becoming the one-party country, but because in America, if you disagree with the Democrat narrative and the left... You're going to be censored. That's just that's just how it is. The left wing point of view. I'm not saying left wing or right wing right wing is correct or not. I'm just saying that if you disagree with the left wing, the social justice stuff, they're going to censor you. Okay. And that's just that's just the reality of it. So some other countries that in history that banned opposing points of view, so there's only one party or one belief was Nazi Germany. 1932, Reichstag building burns down. What do they do? Hitler's chancellor. They give Hitler more power. They ban every party but the Nazi party. So if you say anything against the Nazi party, that, that's that's it for you. Communist China today. Nazi China, as I call it. If you speak against the communist way, or you have any other belief that's besides the communist way, they will censor you and shut you down and then take you and you'll disappear to the mountains of Xinjiang where you'll be tortured and killed and never found again. And they're just going to tell everybody you had COVID. So... Yeah, so as you can see, big tech is not catching a break, and honestly, I love it. I would love to see social media go away. Um, you already know how I feel about social media. If you don't know, go ahead and listen to episode seven because I think social media is awful. It's one of the banes of our society, uh, one of the banes of our existence, actually, as human beings. And I feel like you should never have given some of these people social media. Anyways, now our next subject here we have uh, it comes from the Washington Examiner. I'm on MSN.com. It says. Justice of the Peace and three others arrested on 150 counts of voter fraud in Texas. So, a bunch of people were arrested for voter fraud in Texas. So, this some people were saying there was no fraud in the election. Um, I would say that there was fraud in the 2020 election on both sides. Because you did have Republicans that were cheating. You did have Democrats that were cheating. So, to say that there was no voter fraud in 150 million voter votes, you know, in total in the election and there was no voter fraud come on now there there's at least one person somewhere cheating at something regardless of party somebody was cheating somewhere now washington examiner says medina county justice of the peace thomas ramirez was arrested arrested last month and is facing one count of organized election fraud one count of assisting voter voting ballot by mail and 17 counts of unlawful possession of a ballot or ballot envelope Quote, I was stunned by the allegation because there is absolutely no truth to them. I spent the last 27 years building my law practice and serving in this community, which has created my reputation for fairness, sincerity, and integrity. For the people who know me, these allegations are absurd. 
To those who don't, it provides a reason to sneer and hate. And that was a quote by uh, the, the judge Ramirez. So do you really do you really believe this guy? I don't. I mean, he just he's just another politician. He's just another politician blowing hot air like all your favorite politicians do. The politicians you like, they blow hot air. Barack Obama, Trump, all of them. They all blow hot air. And speaking of Donald Trump, he did speak at the CPAC this, this weekend on Sunday, and he was pretty much saying the same thing he did all the time, how we built the economy, and we did this and that, we created jobs, and then the election was stolen, the voter fraud. You know you've heard the broken record so many times, because it is it does sound like a broken record at this point. And so I have another article here. It comes from townhall.com. It says, Democrats send insane letter to cable carriers and big tech demanding a ban on conservative media. So, again, this goes about this goes back to what I said about how you have one narrative, one party controlling everything, and it's a, it's a terrible thing. Just look at the state of California. California is a one-party state, and for some reason, they can't solve the homeless problem. They have a deficit in their budget. Uh, they can't solve the water problem, and, it should, and it's a one-party state, and they can't solve anything. So... That should tell you about it. I, I personally think that we should have a mixture of Republicans and Democrats in every state because you need that pushback. Because if you're getting that reinforcement from one idea, you're going to think it's the truth and it could be a stupid idea, be that Republican or Democrat. So let's go on to this article from Town Hall. It says, House Democrats are officially harnessing the force of the federal government in an attempt to bully, bully cable character, carriers and big tech platforms into banning conservative or right-leaning television networks and publications from their platforms. In a letter to the CEOs of AT&T, Hulu, Alphabet Inc., Altis USA, Cox Communications, Dish Network, Charter Communications, Comcast, Apple, Amazon, Roku, Democrat Congressman Jerry McNary and Anna Eshoo are essentially demanding contracts with right-leaning outlets be terminated and therefore deplatformed. So pretty much they're saying uh, take Fox News off the air, take One America News off the air, take Newsmax off the air, and we're all going to listen to CNN MSNBC and Twitter and Facebook and Hollywood and the Democrat Party because they all believe the same thing. Now, I think that's dangerous because, as again, you need pushback on your stupid ideas. When you have a dumb idea, you do need pushback. Like, think about it. When you're about to make a decision in your life and you think it's a good idea, you need your parents or one of your friends to come along and tell you that you're dumb and it's a dumb idea because it most likely it probably is. Because let's be honest, most folks, most people, we're, we're pretty much dumb until we're like, like in our mid-20s. So let's let's just be honest here. Okay, article from Town Hall goes on and says, the quote, it says, Our country's public discourse is plagued by misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies. These phenomena un- undergrid the radicalization of seditious individuals who committed acts of insurrection on January 6th, and it contributes to a growing distrust of public health measures necessary to crush the pandemic. We are concerned about the role AT&T plays in disseminating misinformation to millions of users of its Uverse DirecTV and AT&T TV subscribers. And we write to you today to request additional information about what actions AT&T is taking to address these issues. Nearly half of Americans get their news primarily from TV. However, not all TV news sources are the same. Some purported news outlets have been long, have long been misinformation, rumor mills, and conspiracy theory hotbeds that produce content that leads to real harm, they wrote. Misinformation on TV has led to our current polluted information environment that radicalizes individuals to commit seditious act and rejects public health best practices, among other issues in public discourse. I agree. People have been radicalized. You know how you radicalize people? You go out there and tell them that somebody is a Nazi. And you tell them, go punch a Nazi. That's radicalization right there. 
Like, if I go tell you, oh, this person is a Nazi, oh, my goodness, this person's Hitler. Oh, you're, now you're making people think of the 1930s and 1940s, even though most of these people who believe that stuff haven't even done their research. So, that's the thing. People don't research. It says, are you planning to continue carrying Fox News, Newsmax, and One America News Network on Uverse, DirecTV, and TT, both now and beyond any contract renewal date? If so, then why? Now, so pretty much the Democrats in the House of Representatives were asking, why are you still allowing conservative media to be on the air? That is a scary thing. That is, that's pretty much what the Nazis did. The Nazis silenced everything but Nazi propaganda. So, history repeats itself. For those who don't know history, they're doomed to repeat it. You've heard the quote so many times. But also, going on with that, there's also something called the First Amendment of the Constitution. You know, that old Constitution that I hope you've read because the people who haven't read the Constitution are most likely the people who advocate for stuff that goes against the Constitution. So, there's something called that good old First Amendment that says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the free freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So pretty much the First Amendment says you can't, that the Congress can't make a law silencing the press. Now, what's happening is they're not, Congress is not making a law, they're actually pressuring companies like AT&T to get rid of conservative media. And what we've seen here is a lot of big tech companies have merged with the federal government and are doing their bidding. That is fashion. That That is corporate fascism. If AT&T goes along with what the House says, that is corporate fascism. Because you have a big tech company like AT&T, a a, one of the big companies, communications companies like that, collaborating with the government to shut down free speech. That is fascism. That is what Hitler did. That is what, what Mussolini did. That is what communist China does. Just wake up. Wake up and uh, smell the coffee. It's all, it's all around you in the air. And I know a lot of you like coffee. And so on our next subject here, we have the COVID relief bill that was passed. So source here, New York Post says House passes 1.9 trillion Biden COVID-19 bill decried by some as bloated. Now, remember the last time they passed a the bill, gave you $600 and went out to dinner for $350 a plate. <laughs> Let's get into this article. It says, this uh, article says, House Democrats early Saturday narrowly approved President Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID-19 stimulus bill, overcoming Republican opposition, opposition and accusation of waste in the energy pack emergency package the american rescue plan act passed 219 to 212 just before 2 a.m garnering garnering not one republican vote two democrats jared golden of maine and kurt schrader of oregon voted against the measure which gives 1400 stimulus checks to adults or earning less than seventy-five thousand dollars a year it says republicans have complained that the act was packed with pork unrelated to the pandemic adding to the national debt and potentially spurring inflation but House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had proclaimed at an evening press conference that this is a spectacular, spectacular piece of legislation. Remember, this is the same Nancy Pelosi who said that we have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. Yeah, this is the, this is the same lady. This is the same lady. It says 
The bill includes $1,400 stimulus checks for adults earning up to $75,000 per year, with smaller checks for higher earners and nothing for people who make more than $100,000. Other provisions include a $350 billion. Other other provisions include $350 billion for state and local governments. New York City is expected to receive about $5.6 billion if the bill passes. The state government would get about $12.7 billion, according to estimates released by Representative Carolyn Maloney, Democrat of New York. Now, my question is. Why are we bailing? Why are we bailing out these failed cities and failed states? They failed. They failed in the COVID pandemic, and we have to bail them out. I say no. I say we shouldn't. I say that, I say we should put more money in the pockets of regular citizens instead of bailing out these state and government officials. You know where that money's going? They're gonna give the billions of dollars to the state and states and cities, and we're gonna be like, where did that money go? Where'd it go? Where'd all that money go? You know where it goes? You know what they do? They send that money to other countries and have it laundered back into their pockets. That's what they do. It goes on. It says, the bill include, contains about $129 billion for K-12 schools, but the Congressional Budget Office estimates that about 95% won't be spent in 2021, in part because funds approved for schools last year haven't been spent. So they haven't even spent their funds from last year, and the teachers' unions aren't even going to work. And in my opinion, it's teachers' unions, if you don't work, you shouldn't get paid. So these kids aren't even in school, and they're giving these schools more money. Pathetic. Because the bill includes $75 billion for vaccination, testing, and other pandemic medical supplies, as it adds $7.2 billion to the Paycheck Protection Program, which gives small businesses forgivable loans for payroll and overhead. The Paycheck Protection Program was released was replenished in December with $484 billion in new funds. So they have that going there. Oh, also on the side note, you know, I see a lot of people getting their little vaccine cards like, I got my vaccine. I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah. Let me just tell you. Uh, I, actually, I'm, I actually looked at the ingredients of that stuff, the COVID vaccine, and I looked at the FDA's PDF on their website. And it says that COVID-19 is still in clinical tribal, trials, and it's not even proven to work. So there's that. If you don't believe me, go to the FDA's website and look that up. So... If you took the COVID vaccine, you're pretty much a guinea pig. So whatever happens, happens. Just, oh well. People have died from it, but oh well. Just take it. It's fine. But notice that all these dollars are being printed over and over and over and over. I just want to bring up a couple points to you that I just want to say that it's sad that people don't care that our currency is becoming worthless. They just want a dollar. They don't care where it comes from. They just thank you, Lord and Savior, the government, for giving me a dollar. In Venezuela, the currency is actually so worthless. In Venezuela, it's so worthless that they have to weigh their money rather than count it. They have to weigh it. That's how worthless it is. Because when you keep printing and printing and printing money, it becomes worthless. Even in World War II, Germany printed British pounds in an effort to inflate and destroy the British economy. And I already told you in a past episode that about 22% of our United States dollars excuse me, our Federal Reserve notes were printed in twenty two in 2020. But, you know, it's fine. People don't care. They just want a dollar. They don't care where it comes from. They don't even care if it's worthless. Just give them a dollar. I'll, be, I'll actually be talking about the truth about your money and stuff in a later episode. You'll, you'll be shocked about that. So, so, moving right along to our next subject. I have an album, I mean, excuse me, I have an article, not an album, from Forbes.com. It says, Biden launches airstrike against Iran-backed militia in Syria. So, pretty much, um, earlier, around February 15th, Iran did shoot missiles and then one did kill a United States contractor. And so pretty much 
President Biden was retaliating, did a retaliatory strike. Article says, the Pentagon conducted airstrikes against Iran-linked militias in Syria on Thursday in one of the first known military actions ordered by President Biden. Days after militias launched rockets at United States forces in Iraq as tensions between Iran and the United States continued to simmer. The airstrikes destroyed several structures in Iran, in Iran-backed Shia's military operating on the border between Syria and Iraq. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby announced in a statement Tuesday, it says, Kirby cast the strikes as a defensive and proportionate move following several rocket attacks on American facilities in, a, in the Iraqi cities of Baghdad and Erbil this month. The airstrikes were meant to deter future attacks against the United States targets without seriously escalating tensions in Iraq and Syria. The White House vowed Tuesday that the groups responsible for those rocket attacks, believed to be Shia militias underwritten by Iran, will be, quote, held fully to account. So honestly, uh, I actually have no complaint here. They launched a rocket at they launched a rocket at uh, United States forces. They killed a contractor. And it we retaliated. I personally have no problem with that. Maybe you do. That's just, you know, it's up to you. What do you think? You know, your opinion matters. What do you think? There's a crucial quote here that says, it says, quote, The operation sends an unambiguous message. President Biden will act to protect, president, pre, uh, to protect American and coalition personnel. At the same time, we have acted in a deliberate manner that aims to de-escalate the overall situation in both eastern Syria and Iraq. Now, I don't know how... I don't know how sending missiles at another country de-escalates tensions. But hey, it is what it is. I personally don't have a problem with it because they did kill an American citizen. So hey, but what do you think? Our next subject really quickly comes from, it's in uh, Armenia. The Armenian prime minister accuses the military of an attempted coup. The citizens are actually not happy with the truth with, with Azerbaijan that allowed Azerbaijan to reclaim the land populated by Armenians. So pretty much, those two countries are uh, in close proximity to one another. There are obviously, like we've seen in history, land disputes and things like that. And so the prime minister of Armenia allowed Azerbaijan to take territory that was populated by Armenians in a ceasefire effort. And I want you guys to, on your own time, go ahead and research the Armenian genocide. That will tell you a lot of things about this situation. And so our big topic of the day. I want to tell you guys, I have a confession to make. I identify as a squid. Uh, my pronouns are they and everybody. So when you're addressing me, you address me as they and everybody, and I'm a squid. So I identify as a squid. And so I'm going to go ahead and get into the ocean and try to swim like a squid. And then if I die, if I, if I drown, I'm going to say that the... the, the uh, the ocean was phobic in some type of way. I, I'm sure you've heard it. There's an article here. Uh, there's a story going around about Mr. Potato Head. It's not even Mr. anymore. When I was growing up, my parents actually bought me and my sisters Mr. Potato Head and Miss Potato Head, you know, that stuff like that. You know, that's funny because when I was growing up as Mr. and Mrs., when you were growing up as Mr. and Mrs., it was always Mr. and Mrs., and all of a sudden, that's just thrown to the wayside. Unbelievable. But but apparently, there's 97 genders. I just can't think of why I haven't heard about the 97 other genders like when I was a little kid. I just, wow. My parents weren't taught about the 97 other genders either. So, article here from the New York Times says, Mr. Potato Head, 
brand goes gender neutral. It says Hasbro is dropping the mystery from the logo and overall brand to, quote, promote gender equality and inclusion, unquote. But clarify that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head will still be available. So I'll say at least they're still available. But this is dumb. This is dumb. This is dumb. Mr. Potato Head is literally a toy for children. <laughs> it says Hasbro is giving its venerable Mr. Potato Head toy a more gender-inclusive identity by dropping the Mr. from its brand name and packaging. It says, quote, Hasbro is making sure making sure all feel welcome in the Potato Head world by officially dropping the Mr. from the Mr. Potato Head brand name and logo to promote gender equality and inclusion. It's just ridiculous. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. It really is. So, I'm going to go ahead and burst your bubble here and say something controversial. I don't like it, I don't care. There are only two genders. There are only two. Science says there are only two. When you were growing up in high school, or going, going, going to high school, and middle school, elementary school, and then when you address adults, when you're younger and you address adults, it's ma'am or sir. There's no in-between. There's just two. There are two. If you don't like it, I don't care. Cry me a river. Common sense says there are two genders. Science says there are two genders. And uh, guess what? I have a uh, Bible verse here from Genesis 1:27. You, this is the Bible. Maybe not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It says, Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Unquote. That's Genesis 1.27. Male and female, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There's only two. There's only two. How come animals, like monkeys or chimpanzees, don't get sex changes? Hmm. Something to think about. How come lions or elephants or rhinoceros, you know, giraffes, hyenas, your dog, your cat, how come we can discern that those are one of two genders? But we can't do it with humans, huh? huh it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> and going along with that, we actually have a story here. Uh, it, it talks about how it was, so Joe Biden nominated a doctor named Rachel Levine for assistant health secretary and during the confirmation hearing this person was talking to Senator Rand Paul uh, and Rand Paul was questioning this person about gender mutilation of minors taking hormones to change genders so let's go ahead and get into that video I'm going to go ahead and play the entire clip for you because I want you to hear this so genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture 
is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I would look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breast amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER, but you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's gonna go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. 
I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of three and 10. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a three-year-old about changing their sex. So there you have it. The government is, they're gonna be asking three-year-olds and 10-year-olds if they wanna change their sex, even though we know minors can't make decisions and we know people are generally stupid to their about in their mid-20s. So there you have it. If you have kids, there you go. That's my present to you. And uh, you have fun with that if you have kids, especially if you have a daughter because women's sports are pretty much gone. Go ahead and look at the executive by President Joe Biden. But I'm done for the day. Uh, you guys have a good day. Uh, enjoy your Tuesday, and uh, I'll see you on Wednesday. You guys have a good day. Okay, bye.